Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And that life is full of ups. (laughs) Most days, sometimes it's a little bumpy, but we help you get there. Your realtor life has had a Tough it week. has been yeah. it has been really freaking bumpy. Yeah, that and one project you're on is yeah, like, uh, and uh, just y- everything right now is yeah. hard. Yeah, but you did not leave the house till you came here. I did not. Everything I did so far today has been virtual. And you so. kicked ass on or some of our website stuff. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So Trinity and I, if for any partners out there, we've learned as we've worked together about a year and a half is what our roles are, and what we've learned is I'm the starter. And I, I wave, I go to the big right hander from the bullpen, wave her in, she comes in and closes. Yep. Because I was doing some stuff on the website. I got the data, I got the text on there and couldn't figure out how to set up the pay for button. Yep. And I saw her and we talked early this morning on a client meeting and an hour later, she's like, boom, done. Done skis. Damn, I'm good stuff. Yeah. So anyways, we have more talented people in the room. That's all right. My back feels okay carrying the team. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's why I'm trying to lose weight for you. It's been a good, October was a good month, so you should be feeling better. <laughs> well, before I introduce our very special guest, I have a very special surprise for you, Mr. Manning. I'm good with that. This is something that Scott made for you. <laughs> tell tell our listeners what it is. If if you've been listening, you know that Trinity's husband, Scott, hi, Scott, works for GoToMeeting. And I'm always referencing Zoom. So you know how most houses have a cuss jar. You put a quarter in a diamond or whatever. I have a Zoom, I have a swear jar with the word swear crossed out with Zoom written above it. <laughs> Proceeds used for Jeep stuff, stuff because Trinity bought Scott a Jeep for their wedding. Yep. Nice job, Scott. <laughs> Damn, was, I don't have any coins. He was, he was listening to the show one day, and I and it's so Human. weird because he listens to it out loud. Oh. So I walk past his desk in the dining room, and I hear us. Yeah. And it's weird to hear your own voice and know that your husband's listening to the show. And he runs out to the garage after listening to one of our episodes and comes back in with that. And it's I was so like, good. oh, my gosh, that is too funny. Hey, Drago, do you have any quarters in there? You can walk out here. So, so we'll do that. So now okay. we have the um, I like this. We have the, the Zoom, Zoom jar. jar. <laughs> Thanks, babe, for a little humor. That is good stuff, Scott. But what's not humorous is our guest Mm. today. We have a very, 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 very special guest, the one, the only, the Miss Christy Farrell. And Christy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you today. Christy, we're so glad to have you here that you didn't have to uh, be on the show by Zoom. Oh, first, first one in the jar. That's for you, Scott. You're going to need to get a pocket full of nickels for that jar. You to give Christy your money back. Yeah, it's nice to get out. Yeah, we're glad to have you here today. What Christy brings to the table today, folks, is a cool dynamic of where she is in her professional arc. So she works full-time for the city of Burlington for the animal shelter, and is passionate about saving dogs and animals and everything. It's a wonderful thing to do. But she's also preparing for retired life. At a young, young age, she's going to retire in a year and a half? Four years. Oh, four years. Four okay. years. Oh, you got to get to 30. 
25 years. 25. Yeah, no, it's, it's got to be around about 30. Okay. And so some right. sick time is going to get me there. Okay. And, yeah. But okay. you have started your preparation. You are with uh, Land and Sea Travel. You're a travel advisor. So you've got that going, which right. you started in February. So you started the side hustle. And it's going to morph into the full-time job when you retire. So we're going to talk a lot about that transition and how you got to that. But it can be done, folks. You can have multiple streams of revenue, Mm -hmm. and you can be working on one and preparing the other. It's just kind of like cooking in the kitchen. Let me get that one in the oven started, and now I'll start making the apple pie. Except I'm always burning shit. That's why Scott, (laughs) Christy Scott's husband, cooks almost everything. Because I can't even cook rice right. Yeah. But now that we have the instant pot just makes everything so much easier becky's doing pork chops in the crock pot oh, just throw them in there put stuff on what you want yeah can't wait to get home that's a winner hurry winner. up and talk i want to get pork, home i'm hungry pork chop dinner yes <laughs> yeah, so. but it so it is you can do both it changes your planning and your day and for you right now your evenings with networking events right that's right yeah so one thing that i mentioned when i first came in is something that i tell my husband COVID has been uh, a blessing and a curse. So I feel like I could be booking a whole lot of travel if it weren't for COVID, but I wouldn't be meeting all these awesome people if it weren't for COVID. Yeah. Um, during the day, you know, I'm supposed to network because my title is grants and development at the shelter. So I get to meet people through networking and we actually receive support throughout the state for the animal shelter. Give me the stat on the number of animals you guys save every year. It's about 5,600. Okay. Wow. So that means that, let's say we bring in, and I'm not going to have the exact numbers, but let's say we brought in 5,000. Mm. We might, we brought in 5,600. We might save 5,000 of them. Yeah. So our save rate is 90%, yeah. over 90%. Yeah. Whereas North Carolina is the third largest animal shelter euthanasia rate in the country. Oh, that and makes me sad. Right here in central North Carolina, we have this awesome 90% life saving rate that wouldn't be possible without community support and our uh, partners. In the community, well, I rescued all of my dogs, and I'm a big fan <laughs> of rescuing them, even though they might annoy the crap out of me. You mean because they take dumps on the floor? Yeah, no yeah. dumps lately, but Elton, Sir Elton John, has gotten a hold of two pens in the last two days and ate them and destroyed them, and then he'll bring me like a piece of it, like he's super proud. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's a piece of a pen. Yeah. 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 And little jerk. So, so there's Sir Elton John, there's Carlos Santana. And, and Elvis. Elvis, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. And here I am all this time telling people that they're emotional support animals and they're causing you a little bit of stress these days, huh? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. So much stress. It's so funny. So annoying. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait until he's no longer a puppy. But then one of our clients this morning was like, oh, my dog didn't stop chewing up crap until she was eight. And I'm like, don't tell me that. That was so good. We don't offer any guarantees on the adoptions, though. No, you can't. You can't. Kind of like bringing a kid home from the hospital. That's right. The hospital goes, we can't guarantee Right, can't guarantee Is that something you went to school for? How did you get into, how did you land that role? Yeah, it just came up. Um, there was an opportunity to advance and 
I had already been working on grants for another department, and this job was grants and development. And I thought, development, hmm, I think I can do that. And turns out I did some marketing classes in college, and it's kind of coming natural for me. So it was just meant to be, and it's been a great, a great situation. That's awesome. And what drew you to the travel industry? I have loved travel all of my life. I grew up going to the the local North Carolina beaches with my grandparents and fell in love with getting away from it all. In 2010, my husband and I went on a cruise and the Miami airport shut down. We didn't hire a travel advisor. So we had to book our own flight and hotel to the Bahamas to meet the cruise ship to, to board it. Other folks in the airport had travel advisors, and they didn't have to do that. Their travel advisor handled all of their accommodations. So because I've been through all the woes and I love travel, I thought what better thing to do is to help people save money, and I love doing that too. Mm-hmm. To bridge all that together. You started in February. That's right. <laughs> a little bit before we heard or knew of what COVID was going to be. What was the plan for percentage of time spent between the two jobs? Well, I was just going to wing it. Uh, I actually officially got into it in a, I was in a goal-making class. And the teacher, it was Leslie Thomas Flowers. Some of mm-hmm. you may know her. Mm-hmm. I wrote down a goal, and in her way, she said, oh, that's not a good goal. Write down another. So I wrote down, and this was October of 2019, and I wrote down, I'll be a Disney travel agent by December 15th, 2019. And I guess the law of attraction worked in my favor, (laughs) and it just happened, and I studied for it over the Christmas holidays, and I ran into... At a Joe Navarro event, I ran into Eileen Murphy, who just so happened to be my travel advisor that was planning my Hawaii trip, and I had never met her in person. <laughs> so I met her at a Joe Navarro event in, I guess it was, I'm not even sure what month that was, maybe in November. And when I saw her again at an event in January, I said, hey, have you ever thought about somebody working with you? Would you mind me working with you? And she said, I would really like for you to work with me. In fact, when I planned your travel, I wondered what was different about you because you asked questions that a lot of people don't normally answer as clients. So I'm sure you'd be good at it. And so it has been the very best partnership. We help each other. We feed off of each other. She helps me so much with understanding how to plan trips And I happen to be really naturally pretty good at marketing. And so we have helped each other tremendously. So a joke at an event (laughs) to write down a goal turned into me working about 16 hours a day now. So I just ordered me some nice um, glasses from the eye doctor because I'm on the blue screen all the time. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) So do you just do Disney travel or do you do everything? I can do everything. My passion is Disney Because I go there a bunch. In fact, I'm going to go this Christmas. But what I'm finding is I'm finding passion in booking other travel because I love saving people money. I mean, I love it. I don't look at the commission before I book a trip. 
Now, if the price is going to be apples to apples in the same, I'm going to look at the commission that it gives me to see which one is higher for me. But when I'm finding you the best deal, I don't look at the commission. So that has just been an absolute joy to save people money. Mm-hmm. There is a trips. class to take to be a Disney specialist? There are many classes to take. So you can become Disney certified. They have basically expeditions by Disney that you can become certified. You can be specially certified for cruises. Wow. Yeah. Had no idea. What does that mean to people like us who have never heard of that when we run across somebody like you? It may not matter to you, but it gives you a benefit because clearly as many times as I have been, I'm going to know more than the average person, but to know that I have that certification for myself to know it, I know I've not led you wrong. Yeah. I went to Disney once (laughs) with with a girlfriend who was kind of Disney obsessed. And back in the day, they used to sell these um, passes that were actually like really affordable and they never expired. So she invited, and she was an um, airline flight attendant. So she had free flights, and she had this pass that, and she just was like, hey, do you want to go to Disney one weekend? And I was like, sure. So I hopped on the flight, got upgraded to first class, which was awesome. And we flew down and went to Disney. And as two people that did not have children, we made it a two-day drinking and walking <laughs> extravaganza. I was just going to say, lot of fun. do they have travel certification for pub crawls? Because Trinity would be very good at oh, that. Oh, yeah. Very good. Well, I'm that. so glad she mentioned that because most people, a lot of people think that it's just for kids. My husband and I have been twice without the kids on our anniversary. So To do what? To ride the rides and to, to see the sights. There are people that I know that go to Disney and they don't even get on a ride. It's just the attention to detail, yeah. that oh, white yeah. glove treatment that you get. You know, when you go to the airport, say you leave out of RDU and you put your checked luggage in, you know, if you book a hotel through Disney and you stay there, you don't see your luggage again until it shows up magically in your room. So it's just those small attentions to detail that that's how I like to apply other trips as well. For example, I planned a trip for a client that's leaving for the west coast of Florida soon. And I found them that the rental car that they wanted to get was free for the seventh day. They only needed it for six because they were planning their own flights and I didn't know the flight times, we got them that extra free day for the rental car to give them some wiggle room depending on when they turn that car in. So it's those extra little touches that I like to provide. I think all I heard, Trinity, was no kids. I think That's that probably a little more enjoyable when you don't have to look around like where do I do think that yes. there should be a child-free weekend <laughs> At Disney. And we went down, we went the weekend that it was um, taste the taste of, um, I don't know. It was basically like they had all these extra things set up. So, mm. and it was like a wine tasting and food tasting. Yeah, the, so must have been were, the food and wine festival. Yes, yeah. it was the food and wine festival. And there, so there was a lot less children in that area, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. But then my friend warned me about stroller hell. 
Yes. Which <laughs> is, what, the Magic Kingdom? Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, I could not get out of there. One, that's the only park that they don't serve alcohol in. Which, they do now, luckily. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. They do now. Okay, because yeah. they didn't when we were there, and I was Imagine like... Imagine their survey said we could use some alcohol. We could use some alcohol. <laughs> if I have to be around that many screaming yeah. kids and strollers and parents that are pushing their kids and not paying attention, like, oh, gosh, it was... It really was stroller hell. Mommy needs some wine, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's not many places that I go that at least one person in the room doesn't have some type of memory or connection to Disney. Oh, yeah. So it just suits me. I've got some clients that just came back from the Dominican Republic, and I got them an awesome place to stay with some added perks. And, again, it was just as nice to provide that savings to them for their all-inclusive as it was to even plan a Disney trip, which is my passion. Did your full-time job allow you to speed up this dream of starting it, or were you going to start it anywhere, anytime, do you think? I think it did just because I network naturally for work, and I went to a networking event, and I didn't even mention the fact that I did this, but someone else mentioned it on my behalf, and so then I became known as someone around town who plans travel, and I did gain a client from that. Um, One of the moms in the group of networking referred me to her uh, daughter and son-in-law who just came back from the DR on their honeymoon. That's awesome. Um, Going back to the Disney thing, because (laughs) I had to Google it, because when I was there, I picked up a book from the gift shop, and it was called Creating Magic, and one of the best books So from our listeners, you should go out and definitely read Creating Magic. And then there's another one called The Disney Way, which is also really good. But Creating Magic is all about how you put Disney-esque business practices into place. White glove service, how they, you know, um, from day one until now, how they have really cultivated that entire user experience. Yes, the military has, in fact, looked at them for teachings for different things. And honestly, it's been a very expensive way to learn customer service. But I truly believe that even though I've been involved in customer service my entire career, I think I've developed better skills by knowing how I want to be treated, by feeling that feeling of being treated at Disney and that transferring over to my life and how I want to treat clients. Now that you know what you know, so we're nine months in to this, what for some, you know, there's somebody listening out there that's thinking about, I want to start doing this, whether they have the full-time job there or not, what kind of, give me, give us two or three things that you would have them think about before they engage. Well, I would definitely say that when it comes to the motivation to do it, Just be positive and just do it because if this is not an example to you of one of the worst suffering businesses ever, and I booked four clients in the last seven days, I wouldn't have predicted that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Granted, I don't have a lot of fees, but I just became a corporate sponsor at my kid's school because I want to get my name out there. It's going to be last man standing when it comes to the travel industry, I think. So definitely... (laughs) kind of like Nike, just do it. Just do it and be positive. I also find comfort 
in having Legal Shield. Okay. I have a Legal Shield plan that helps me. I've got it for the business. And I surround myself with people like you guys that are leaders in the community, that you are business coaches, that you have connections. And I love surrounding myself with people that are better than me, smarter than me. And clearly I'm in that room because I'm searching for what answers Mike is here looking for in, in, in my business. So, <laughs> But you're right. And we've mentioned this a hundred times at least. If you walk into the room, you're the smartest person in the room. A, what are you going to learn? B, just turn around and walk out. Yep. Go find another room. I don't know. Sometimes I like to peacock a little. You do. <laughs> you do. And it, you know what? Every now and then it's like, ah, okay, I'll After stay After the this month time. I've yeah. had, yeah. I feel like I would love to go into a room and be the smartest person for like a couple hours and just yeah. feel back to normal. Tell them who not to hire and yes. not to do things. Oh, yeah. So, um, money, spouse, timing. How do you manage those? How do you incorporate those? Yeah, well, I guess the fact that my husband and I have been married 20 years this year, he kind of mostly does what I say. Smart man. <laughs> so I'm kind of lucky in that. There are some things because I, too, want to help other businesses and invest in services, just like a really awesome program that you mentioned to me before we began about crafting my perfect 60-second so I do talk to him about what I'm about to do because, of course, I have to put our own money into the business. I mean, even though I'm booking travel because I'm putting money from ourselves into the business, I'm not really making money yet. And that day will come. Mm-hmm. So, um, What is your husband's name? Anthony. Anthony, if you ever listen to the podcast, she's fine. We say hi. <laughs> that's an inside joke for my preparation yeah. to be here yes <laughs> what would you say is the most difficult part of having two focuses separating the two I find myself in situations where I do a lot of networking in the evening about the travel I find myself sometimes stopping myself on I'm not working. I'm not getting paid to do this right now. I am an hourly employee, you know. But I need to really do that because I was on a BNI Speed Networking group, and I would have really missed the boat if Steve Hand had not mentioned that someone on the call had an animal welfare interest. So I guess it doesn't hurt, but that has been... That has been a transition. Mm-hmm. I've also lost the ability to cook well. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Oh, you I laugh, know the feeling. You laugh, but my husband doesn't no. laugh. I've lost the drive. See, I owned a baking business for five years. I crafted, sculpted cakes and did cupcakes mm. and sold them wholesale to a local bakery nearby. I completely lost interest in an oven, in stirring, in crafting anything to cook. I lost interest. I mean, I still do it. So I find myself working, you know, 16 hours a day. For example, I'm here on the premise of travel this afternoon. I've got some time to make up when I get back home tonight for the animal shelter because 
I think transparency and honesty has held me through life really well, and I'm not going to cheat the system. So, um, but it's fine. I've got a daughter in college, a ninth grade son. I need to be needed now that my baby girl has gone to Wilmington. So, what is your son <laughs> eating if you're not cooking? He doesn't eat. He's getting skinny as a rail. Oh, gosh, social <laughs> services is going to come right I after might, me. I might want to edit that out, yeah. <laughs> no, no, he feeds himself. He can cook his own meals. See, that's good parenting. Teach him to cook yeah, for himself. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, he, he tears up my oatmeal that I get in the individual mm. cups because it's already convenient. But, yeah, he can cook. He's a Boy Scout. He's on the path to be an Eagle Scout. He's pretty close to it, so... If he can learn to cook in the woods, he can yeah. certainly cook with all the amenities in the house. Just get him, yeah. what, the Instapot? Yeah. Just get him an Instapot. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. Instapot. Yeah, I thought I'd put stuff in there in the morning. Exactly. Come get it. Yeah. As long as I don't burn the house down, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Or do what some of our other friends, uh, their son burnt the popcorn in the microwave and oh, totally destroyed God. it. Nikki and, and Charlie. Yeah. If, you, if Nikki's on our event tomorrow, ask her about that. I heard you almost had it. Almost heard your one of your sons almost burned down the house. It's a great story. <laughs> it, it it's a good story because it turned out okay. It's a better story the way they tell it because it turned out okay. Now you can embellish it a little bit. Right. Well, I guess I do need to mention the disclaimer. I haven't stopped cooking. I just don't enjoy it as much yeah. and don't do as much of it. So my family used to experience me cooking a dessert at least once a week to have and I don't I buy desserts now we don't I don't I don't cook them so I don't want to give the wrong message that people should quit their home life to do business (laughs) well but that does bring up a really good Mm -hmm. point because when you are starting a, a business there is usually something that has to go to the wayside and we are huge proponents of knowing like how long that is going to last Mm. for because you can only not cook for so long before you know or um a lot of times when people are getting going and they're going to a whole bunch of networking events and you know let them know well once you build up your base of referral partners you don't need to go to a networking event every single day right you can scale it back but in the the more you put in Mm. in the beginning the more return on investment. It's like right. saving money. Save early, save often. So the more you can put in early on, the faster it's going to grow and you'll be profitable. Right. Not to mention the availability of the reach right now. Since everything's virtual, you can oh, yeah. literally go more places in quicker yeah. times. And um, one other thing that suffered is my exercise. Um, I get very little exercise these days. And so I'm just going to have to do it at some point and Get a good balance. You need to get a treadmill with a monitor on it, a That's screen, exactly and just walk. That's exactly what and, I need. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just, that solved all my problems. That's it. And yeah. let me say, and I hope this comes out right, because you being the mom, the wife, a woman, and the primary cook, yeah, that's not a reason for you not to do what you're doing. Right. Let the, let the husbands or the spouse pick up some slack right yeah i mean he grumbles about it every now and then because he's got that good old biblical sense of what a woman's supposed to do in the kitchen sometimes but did i not at the beginning say that he does pretty much what i want him to so last night while i was on a couple of zooms from seven to nine he cleaned up after dinner and so um 
that just made me pause to remind myself I really need to do a better job of thanking him for that because he's an integral part of my business by picking up. He can't exercise for me, but he can encourage me to take a walk with him, and he does yes. when mm-hmm. he's home. So. Acknowledge. who Was it last week? Who did we have on that was appreciative? Oh, uh, Courtney Barbie. Yeah. Appreciative of her, her husband, husband doing the cooking. Mm-hmm. And Trinity's point was exactly right, that you're appreciative of it. Doesn't mean you have to do it all. Right. Just acknowledge, and that goes a long way. And, and I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm well, constantly thanking Scott for all of the things that he does. Oh, yeah. He picks up a lot of the slack at home. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll definitely make him listen to this so <laughs> he hears all this. So are you, do you live in Burlington? I live in Graham, right outside of Burlington okay. in Alamance County. Awesome. Um, what's the most exotic place that you've been to? Oh, St. John. St. John was the most exotic. And I say that because... We arrived in St. Thomas and took a boat to St. John, and we got on a bus that felt like a New York taxi driving up a mountain (laughs) that was a rainforest on a mountain. It was unbelievable. Kenny Chesney has some songs about Cinnamon Bay on St. John, and it was just the most beautiful, serene place I've ever been. At the same time, I felt like I was going to lose my life as we fell off the side of this mountain with this madman driving. I think the song was meant to be about being there, not being in the bay from right. the car that went over <laughs> right. the side. Just a hunch. Right. Just a hunch. <laughs> I know that feeling well. When I was in college, I studied abroad, mm. and that was my... It's crazy to think, but I came from a very, very small town out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. In Redneck, Michigan. Yes. And I, the first time that I ever flew international or took a taxi cab or rode on public transit was all when I went to study abroad. Really? Yes. So I'd been on an airplane before, but I'd only had you know, um, domestic flights. So I was a crazy 19 year old, just ready to hit the streets. And as soon as, and you can legally drink. So as soon as the flight hit international waters, we were like chugging wine. I actually wound up arriving in Spain hungover. (laughs) Because drinking red wine on an airplane is just a really bad, bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But one of the craziest parts of that entire experience was in Granada in a tiny bus on the side of a mountain. And I thought I was going to lose my cookies. And it was, you looked out the window and you saw nothing. It was just straight Straight. down. Yeah. And I was just thinking, man, these guys, and they do that all day. Like that's all they do Mm -hmm. is drive up and down these mountains. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I was literally thinking this this cannot be my time to go. It just no. can't be. It's just it's just not going to make sense that I'm going to fall over on this yeah. cliff. And I figure that's their job. They should mm-hmm. be pretty good at it. It's not like it's a first timer or me or you driving it. Would you like to it synopsize your negotiating skills in Europe and how many different languages did you use to negotiate? Oh god. <laughs> You know, I think I remember the wrong stuff. Yes, yes, you do. Um, I have tried really hard to negotiate, and 
especially when I was in Turkey, first I only knew like one through 10 in Turkish. So then when the guy and I were not getting to a, a meeting point, I switched to Spanish and then that wasn't working. So then I tried French <laughs> and then I just realized that I was just going to have to give up. Yeah. There was, yeah. <laughs> but I tried, I tried to negotiate. Which is half the fun of international travel. Oh is, yeah, is just haggling. I the first time I it was either in, uh, I think it, we went to my wife is from Texas, and we were visiting one time. We went with her brother and a couple other people down to Matamoros, Mexico, right across the border. And I'd never been out of the country before. And we get there, and it's like all these you know street vendors. Like, oh, you get to haggle. Oh man, that was better than buying something. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, we're not used to that here. <laughs> no, and. My brain will not accept a foreign language to learn it. I've tried to learn some foreign languages, and I, I'm not, I just know that that I'm not going to try anymore. And I'm learning to use Google Translate on some things, and I'll have to figure out some of that the more I explore travel. But I will say that I heard someone recently mention that we all owe it to ourselves to get out of our own backyards to see how other people live because that helps us as business owners just to be more well well rounded Mm -hmm. and that's one reason why I took my children on a couple of cruises and places so they could see the world the way other people lived it's so important, and every time I come back from a trip overseas, I feel incredibly grateful because you don't really realize how good we have it <laughs> right. until you're paying 50 cents to poop in a hole. Right. Like, right. Or the showerhead comes or, to your nose. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Or, you know, literally in one part of Mexico we went, there was no running water that day. Yeah. We, we aren't accustomed to that for no. sure. Yeah, when my apartment in Spain, you had to turn on the hot water heater before every time you took a shower and wait for it to... So you really had to plan when you wanted to shower. You couldn't just wake up and hop in the shower. You had to wake up, heat up the water, and then take your shower. And then remember to turn it off afterwards. But there were definitely times that I hopped in the shower without thinking and just was scalded with ice cold water. We're going to talk people out of wanting to travel with this conversation. (laughs) Well, you, I have a question for you. So, um, you're sitting here with two business coaches. You're in your ninth month as a new small business owner. What question do you have for us that would help you and our listeners? Well, you brought it up earlier about the networking. Help me define a good time frame on starting up and what is good networking. So I'm kind of hearing around the block that eventually you don't want to do about 30%. I've heard someone mention that. And I'm so accustomed to networking anyway that I don't know that when I do this full time, I'll know when to cut that off. So what's the... What's the best way to network once you got past that growing period? Uh, let me start with this. So a couple things. What do you want? I mean, do you want this or do you want this? And either answer is correct. That's one thing. And then back to what Trinity was saying was the balance. 
if you're not working full-time anymore with uh, the animal shelter, you've got a little bit more time. But what do you want is the first question I would ask. Yeah. Yeah, and... I would first recommend that you talk to some other people within your industry and find out how much they did and how much money they were making. And some people are very good at sharing that with you and other people won't. And the ones that won't probably it's because they're not making any money (laughs) and they don't want to admit it. Um, Because the easiest thing to do is to emulate the people that are being really successful around you. Right. So, and also get a baseline of in your industry, how many contacts do you need in order to get the number of referrals that Mm -hmm. you need in order to achieve your goals. And I would start tracking what activities you're doing and how many people you're talking to, how many people you're following up with and where those referrals and clients are coming from. So that way, you know exactly as you want to scale. So I know if I meet with eight people a week that my business will just be bumping along really well. And when I fall below that minimum threshold, things get a little sparse. Mm-hmm. So you'll need to find out that balance. But with all of the networking, the greatest piece of advice that I think either Mike or I would give is that everything is in the follow-up. Yes. And you seem to be pretty sharp at that. Yeah. But everything is in the follow-up yeah. and that continual relationship from those networking events because we've seen people time after time that burn themselves out going to a bunch of events or being online or um, just, you know, running around trying to meet people at the grocery store or wherever, and then they never follow up and they're wondering why they're not getting any business from it. And right. then also going back to the tracking point, track the events in Raleigh versus the events in Burlington versus the events in Greensboro or Asheville. Mm -hmm. And that'll give you a better understanding of, well, I got to go to five in Burlington to get two, but I go to one in Raleigh and I get two. Yeah. And understanding that. Never really thought about that. And that's crazy because I'm the, that person that thinks of everything that thinks of too much stuff. So you would just recommend tracking that maybe in Excel or something. Oh yeah. 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 Just start with, I would start with Excel and eventually have some sort of CRM that you sign up for that you keep track of everything. You did an event last night. I did a LinkedIn event. Yeah. Did you set up any one-to-ones out of that? I sent two Calendly links, okay. and I need to follow up with okay. those. So then you would say November 4th, LinkedIn event, met X, Y, and Z, had meetings with Y and Z, led to this. Yes. And then that will you'll, a picture will start to paint itself yes, yes. Mm-hmm. with I that, that, and then you'll know... And we've had this discussion before when we started out, or at least I have a little bit more time to network because she's already got an empire. I'm trying to build one (laughs) is I was networking everywhere and I've whittled down some because nothing was coming out of that. So the Garner chamber just picked up a client two days ago from a meeting. So that's paying off. B and I is paying off this grand connection group out of Vancouver, which I'm going to take you to tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Zoom wise. (laughs) Uh, So then you find out where the money is. 
and start tracking things that way yeah. and you'll realize, okay, that's where my time goes now. Yeah, and yeah. you'll you'll quickly realize which places have leads just falling in your lap yeah. versus which ones are kind of duds. Yeah. yeah. And then you can really hone in your focus and just go after the people that are your target market. Yeah. Because not everybody can afford to travel. Not everybody is willing to to use a travel agent because they don't understand how it works. Right. Um, it's kind of like people who are buying houses that don't use a real estate agent. It's like, come on, dumbass, it's yeah. free. Right. Like, it doesn't cost you any money to have representation. So right. it doesn't cost me any more to hire a travel agent. Right. Because we're not paying that commission. It's coming from the company. Right. Well, that does depend on how nice the client is to me. I do charge more for people being a butthole. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should. I she, wish that I could. I wish I could just, just, her, just, just, just it, yeah. jack it up. So far, so good. Uh, two things... And also going back to the networking, be honest with yourself on how much effort you put into that group. Yeah. By going, eh, so are you following up? And just be honest with that. Uh, give us two things we need to ask or we'll know if we're talking to a good travel agent. That's a really difficult question. That should be natural for me. What are the well, details you do? Well, I would caution yourself from working with a travel agent that's this new MLM thing because they're more concerned with getting people under them to be other mm -hmm. travel agents. Mm -hmm. So if they're spending their time on that, I question how much time they're going to spend with you, the client, if you're just wanting to travel with them. Right. And I would actually get referrals. I would want referrals of find people that they've done business with because – you're exactly right. It is in the follow-up. And, you know, I've hired travel agents or advisors before um, hiring Eileen, who I ultimately work for. And one of the reasons I was turned off is because it shouldn't take three days for somebody to reply to an email mm. when I'm asking a question about my travel, provided they're not in the hospital. And so it really turned me off. And I actually booked that cruise on my own, transferred it over to her, and then I couldn't ask the cruise line any questions, and then I couldn't get the answer from her. And mm. she, you know, so I would say get uh, get some referrals from other clients. And although I'm new, I've got some clients under my belt that I can refer to. And definitely the fact that I'm working under Eileen, that I work with her, and she's got all these years of experience, and that she is – a wonderful person, a wonderful partner, mentor, and person in general, and the fact that she specializes in traveling with disabilities. So how much more difficult can you get to, to have that? And that's what she does Yeah, and specializes in cruising and river cruising. So, uh, yeah, I would say referral. Um, okay. Previous clients yeah. and referrals. Okay. Christy, and if somebody wanted to reach you because they hear this podcast, which they're going to mention when they call you. Yes. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, so either way, if you want to talk to me about our awesome shelter or the travel, you can reach me on my cell. It is 336-684-0228. And my travel email is Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I, at mylandandsea.com. Do Excellent. tell your husband when you get home and he says, how's it go? How'd it go? Go, 
they made me give out my cell phone number over the <laughs> microphone. Just go and just go. I, I can I, just I, I can just hear my mom cringing yeah. because she thinks it's crazy <laughs> that I give out my cell phone. I'm like, it's yes. my only yeah. number. That's just that's the only one. But anyways, if anyone wants to get a hold of us, the best way to reach us is info at wiredtochange.com. And that's with the number two. We have our mastermind groups all set up. If you go to wiredtochange.com, we've got three. One on how to get, retain, and grow clients. One on systems and processes, which Trinity has pasted on her forehead because she's so good at it. And the other one is sales and marketing. So if you enjoy mastermind groups and you want to learn some more, this is kind of what you'll get uh, in a group. A lot of good group think. Uh, we'll help you grow your business that way. So go to wiredtochange.com, check those out, and seats are limited. So sign up now. Sign up often. Or I early no, and often. Early and like often. Chicago yes, voting. Vote early, vote often. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Christy, we thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good luck with everything. And thanks for sharing the nuggets on uh, starting a side hustle and turning it into the full-time hustle. And if anybody wants to find us, then go to wiretochange.com. With the number two. And uh, my name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.